Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman? Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. What up, Coronaville? This week, we'll be discussing the horror classic, Candyman. Starring uh, Virginia Madsen, Xander Berkeley, and Tony Todd. You know him, don't you? Who's Xander Berkeley? He plays the uh, cheating husband. Oh, what a name. That's such a hipster name. He was ahead of his time. Well, do you know what he was in most famously? I know I know him. but you... He's been in a ton of stuff. Of course. But early, the earliest thing I remember him in was... The Gnomemobile? Oh, who he played the bro- the brother, the brother, yep. Yep. Christopher. There you go. Oh, the other adopted child. Well, actually, there were four children. Actually, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, more recently, he was on The Walking Dead. Oh, was for he? A couple seasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was after I stopped watching it. After I got bored. He was the the leader of the hilltop uh, community for a while there. The Hills of Eyes. The hills have eyes. Good times. Uh, why don't you give us your 30-second synopsis of The Candyman Can. Apparently, black people in the projects in Chicago have uh, a, a, a phantom who uh, kills them. And it's quite horrible. It has something to do with... Uh, with uh, post-slavery and, and and an affair with a white woman and mm. uh, people, this is the time when everybody was all about urban legends so people were researching the, this legend of uh, the Candyman and you know it turns out to be his long lost love, she's having none of it, everybody's dead the end Good work. Nicely done. It, um, this is another Wes Craven uh, semi. Not directed by Wes Craven. What? Not directed by Wes Craven. Who, who directed this? Uh, his name is Bernard Rose. Oh my God, because it smells like Wes Craven, especially all the jib jab about the exquisite pain. Maybe he was a, a, a dungeon master with, with Wes Craven. Well, but you know why it's exquisite pain? It's because it was based on the story very loosely, based on the story by Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Yes. Who did? Who did the Pinhead movies? Yes, that's Clive Barker. Clive, Clive okay. Barker. Okay. Sorry, yes. Wes Craven. Clive Barker. How dare you? As soon as I, I I heard the 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 exquisite pain line, I was like, oh, mofo. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Hellraiser Joe, old Clive Barker. It, it's uh, I don't I don't know what Clive Barker's down with, but me thinks it's it's some rough trade. Exquisite pain. Exquisite I pain. It's, it's rough trade. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you've read any of Clive Barker's books, it's like they they go there. Mm-hmm. They go there deep. It's always like because it's kind of like you think Stephen King is kind of sick and twisted. No. Clive goes the extra mile. Clive he for goes sure the goes the, the extra mile. Stephen King is like watching Elmo compared to this twisted <laughs> shit. It is it, right. Stephen King is Barney, basically. <laughs> I love to... you. You love me. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I didn't know you were so deep with Clive. Tell me, how many of his books have you read? I actually only read when I was in, uh, I was backpacking through Europe and you uh, would go to like the local bookstore just to entertain yourself. There was a a compilation that he'd written called like the Book of the Dead or something like that. Book one, volume one, whatever it was. And there were a bunch of short stories. Shit, this sounds like the opening of Hostel or something. Dear God. It's the opening of Hostel mixed with Evil Dead, where I'm opening forbidden texts and reading. Yeah, good times. But you you catch the hint early, early, that it's not just kind of frightening stuff. It's like always kind of like deviant sex stuff yeah. mixed in as well. I'm so not, you get, you get the whole I'm not sure I'm having an orgasm if it's thoughts of my skin being peeled off. No, not so <laughs> well, much. Well, to each their own. <laughs> to each their each own. Their own. God bless. No, judge not. God bless uh, uh, the cinema and literature, or for sure, Clive Barker would have been uh, a serial killer. I'm quite sure. Oh, no question, no question. <laughs> so he, <laughs> so this the movie is based upon a short story called The Forbidden, which takes place actually in Liverpool. It makes more sense. And actually, this movie was originally going to star uh, take place in Liverpool, uh, but it's. The, this movie is kind of a hodgepodge of a million different things kind of swirled together. Um, the original short story, The Forbidden, is about somebody doing their thesis. So there's that connection. Right. And again, I kept asking myself, what major is this for? What major? I mean, in the book, a thesis on studying graffiti. So I don't know. Is that an art history? So that, that would be art history. But I would think that uh, urban legends would be like a cultural anthropology or something. That's what I was thinking. Like they're becoming anthropologists or or something along those lines. In the movie, they're they're studying uh, folklore or urban legends or things like that. That's that's basically what's going on. So in the original story, woman is going investigating graffiti in kind of this impoverished neighborhood in Liverpool. And while she's there, she hears rumors of this urban legend, the Candyman. Right. Now, it's a short story. So they cut right to the chase. Of course, she meets the Candyman, and she becomes famous by becoming his latest victim, basically. That's the story. That is, that's it. But they took that. They added a little bit more stuff to that. They added a lot of stuff to that. But let's just jump in. Okay, so like we said, there are two researchers. I guess they're like doctoral students, essentially. Uh, Helen, grad students at least grad students thank you Helen and Bernadette are just interviewing people on folklore that they've heard and of course it's that you know alligators in the sewer kind of stuff going on but early on they tell the story of the candy man and there's a flashback right so there's a babysitter watching a child and then the bad boy pulls up in his motorcycle they're into some kinky stuff. 
she takes them to the bed, the bathroom where they, she says, if you say Candyman five times, this ghostly character with a hook for a hand will appear breathing down your neck and will kill you. It's Bloody Mary. It's Bloody Mary. It's the old urban legend of the guy with the hook. Yep. There's, there's all sorts. Of, so it's, again, not from the original story. It's just, it's a grab bag of interesting uh, little choices here. So she says it, or he says it, the, the bad boy played by what famous actor? Who's the bad boy? I don't know. Who is it? Ted Raimi. Oh, God, yes. I thought, oh, my God. I think I must have had a mini stroke because literally I was screaming for William to come in here. William, yep. who is this guy? Tell me who it is. Because I, yep. I immediately knew it was Ted Raimi, even though apparently right now I, I, I blanked out. And I, I was like, dude, the, uh, Xena Warrior Princess, brother bear. Right. He's like, uh... He doesn't just work on his brother Sam's movies. Is basically what occasionally somebody else will throw him a bone here. So he's the bad boy. He says Candyman four because times. Because Ted Raimi is seems so dangerous. He's dangerous. <laughs> he's he dangerous. dangerous in kind of a John Denver kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so the he goes downstairs to get a beer. The girl who's half naked says it the fifth time. Yeah, and then, that shouldn't count. It's like no, Beetlejuice. It if three people just say it once, Beetlejuice right. doesn't appear. The one person has to say it every time. That's why I was like, what? I disagree with that choice. I agree. I agree. They, and frankly, if you watch this movie, they don't adhere to the whole say my name five times too often. It's not a reoccurring theme in this movie. People are killed right. all the time. In this movie, who don't even say it once. Yes. So there you have it. Um, so and, the, and I don't even understand how his backstory has anything to do with what he's doing. I mean, they makes, try to string together this v- incoherent. I'm like, so right. you were killed for love for falling in love with a white woman. Right. So you're going to murder children in the projects? What? Okay. So this movie takes place in Chicago, primarily in the the real life Cabrini Green uh, projects. I guess they were just torn down over the yeah. last couple of years. Uh, but the backstory of Candyman and why is he called Candyman is another question. Because of the bees stung him full of honey, so he's so sweet. He's like candy. I don't know. In the original story, he's called the Candyman. But again, the backstory doesn't come from the books at all. In the backstory in the movie, like you said, he was the son of a former slave 150 years ago or whatever it was. Famous artist. Who had, yeah, prodigious artistic ability, was hired by a wealthy landowner to teach his white daughter painting, I guess, something along those lines. I, I thought he was supposed to do her portrait. One, it was either one or the other. Uh, and he walks in, I guess, wearing his fancy... Uh, his his fur duster jacket and she is so entranced that they begin uh, they fall in love madly and he impregnates her so now she's pregnant with his with his baby uh the wealthy landowner flips out hires some local toughs to saw his hand off with a rusty blade stick a hook in the stump why i don't know uh and then 
take his naked body to a nearby <laughs> beehive. I mean, like a field of bees that are, that are happening. Field be there. of bees. Pour honey all over yes. them. This is where we're getting into some Clive's king. Yep. Let the bees sting him, and then they kill them. I think he was already dead. Was he dead with the bees? And the bees are what killed him. I think the bees okay. is what the, the, they the... beat him. They stuck him to the bee the, with the port of honey, so the bees came to feed on it. And then what did they do? They burned him or something? I don't know if they burned him or not. It's possible. I don't so now you got this convoluted story. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. Let's say Hollywood calls Aaron and says, Aaron, we've got this short story by Clark Barker. There's a like a spectral villain called the Candyman. There's no other backstory. Create a backstory. In a million years, would you combine slavery with a hook with Bloody Mary with bees? Was he black in the no. uh, original story? No. I mean, it doesn't matter whether he's black or, or not black. Maybe they thought it would be racist if he was uh, attacking white people or something. Is that why they had him attack the poor people? I mean, it makes it. Why do you even go into the backstory when it really has nothing to do with any part of this story? Right. Except that he has a hook. It's all it's super convoluted. But if we just ignore all of like like how did they even come up with this craziness? Just ignore it. So <laughs> don't ask no questions. Because they keep going back and telling the yes. story. And then there's a freaking mural at the end. Yes. Which I don't know. Did he paint that with his stump too? Or do ghosts magically paint things? We're jumping all over the place. All right. About, go ahead. No, go no, back no, no. With... I don't care. Three quarters of the way <laughs> into the movie, it's that same kind of Dracula kind of thing where it's like a Blackula even, where it's like you have, bear a striking resemblance to my love from 150 years ago. Right? And the mommy and right. Blackula. Yes. Except this time she's like, she's not having it. And quite frankly, the Candyman is quite an attractive man. Tony Todd is a dashing fellow. Let me he tell is you. a dashy, but even with his fur lined duster and his and his bloody hook, and they could have played that up a little bit, but instead they they didn't really give him any personality. Well, they t they tried to make it kind of a romance, which what's part of it where he kept making her kill people? Well, it was like there's a lot of like him coming up behind her and being like, "Be my victim." But it's like he's Dracula or something where he's like holding her and carrying Sounds her. Sounds more like he's uh, Weinstein. He's, he's Weinstein in the whole deal. <laughs> oh my God, that's a whole different horror movie. It is. Uh, but that's what's hilarious is there's a scene. Because yeah, in this, there's like a, evidently a huge area, like a loft practically, where eventually Helen on finds herself. On top of Cabrini Green. On top like, of Cabrini Yes. Multiple stories where... <laughs> Every, the rest of the buildings are cinder block, yes. but this seems to be made out of like an old barn. So you're on top of Cabrini yes. Green, and it's huge. And he, again, being an artist, even though he is, I guess, his good right hand has been lopped off, he does all this art. And she discovers here's the picture of Candyman from like the 1800s, and here's the picture of the love. And it's zoom in, like, oh my god, it's me. But I got to tell you. 
didn't look it much. It didn't look anything like her. I mean, it not, looked nothing like her. And frankly, Lionel Richie in the Hello video, his, his the blind sculptor. Oh, God. That damn thing looked closer to Lionel Richie than this thing looked like to her. Okay. And that ain't that good. That ain't good. Brother. That ain't good. If you have not seen the Hello video, YouTube it. When they it reveal, is so awkward. It is it's so awkward. That okay, a blind woman uh, who he's in love with secretly uh, sculpts his uh, bust in clay, I guess, essentially. And the oh grand God. reveal it's... is, who who is this? What is this? <laughs> is that Doctor J? <laughs> who is this supposed to be? Exactly. It's so insulting. He was too polite Poor... to mention it to the blind sculptress, Poor... however. I exactly. Guess. Poor Lionel. Very sad. Um, Okay, so back to the story. So Helen and Bernie are doing this, you know, writing their thesis on on the folklore. Bernie Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sa- her name's Bernadette, <laughs> but she goes by Bernie. Um, they are like, hey, you know, we can do all this research, all this folklore, these urban legends, but we got an actual urban legend right here in Chicago. We have to go to the Cabrini Greed Project, which I guess at the time were like infested with drug dealers and crime. Oh, it was huge. It was huge. It was on 60 Minutes like every five minutes. People did not want to drive by, basically. Drive by in their car, they'd be the victim of a drive by is basically the feeling. So they go, and of course, they're kind of harassed a little bit. It's like an episode of The Wire, if you haven't seen that. I never saw The Wire. You were missing out. The Wire okay. is one of the best shows. I mean, I put it up there with Breaking I, I, Bad and all the rest. I've heard, I've heard that, that that's true. It's excellent. Only five seasons. So there you go. All right. Uh, anywho, so they go up to, because basically there was an actual murder in the newspapers that occurred a few years back. Ruthie Jean called the cops because somebody was coming through her wall. And the cops didn't believe her and didn't come. She called again. Cops didn't believe her, didn't come. And by then it was too late. They eventually that was a, That was a problem back back in the day. Actually, the police were afraid to come. Right. Well, it, Because it was so dangerous. Some would argue it's a problem today in certain yeah. communities. Yeah. So anyway, uh, earlier in the movie, Helen discovered or basically uh, found out that in these tenement projects, the um hell's going on oh my god what's happening i'm dropping things off the table here anyway in these projects the medicine cabinets in the bathroom if you pulled them out there was no wall separating uh one apartment from the next it was just the back of the next apartment's medicine cabinet so oh my god and this is actually if based I, on a if real... i ever live in an apartment again i'm gonna go check that better out. check it and evidently this is a true story that there were murders where the killer use that to gain entrance into these apartments. You'd lock the door and they're coming in through Oof. the bathroom. Uh, so she goes, and because people feel the Candyman are the ones who killed Ruthie Jean. Right. So they go and make their way to it. And Helen is like serious. She's like moving the, the medicine cabinet. Here's an old spooky <laughs> burnt out apartment that's connected to it. She's climbing in. Uh you know, apparently in this other apartment, there are no, like, regular doors to speak of. Every, like, entrance is like somebody took a sledgehammer to a wall or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just empty. I mean, this place is like a drug den. You figured they'd be doing business. They have all this just empty spaces. You figured people would have been in there squatting, dealing, doing Absolutely. something in there. Absolutely. They meet... Um, 
a couple people while they're there. They meet uh, Anne Marie, who's a single mom, just trying to make ends meet. Trying, but she was the room, uh, the next door neighbor of Ruthie Jean, and heard the entire attack. So she's very concerned. At first, she doesn't want to help them because when the white people come, they just cause problems. Right. Basically. And I understand. Well, it's true. It's absolutely true. Historically, that's probably quite true. (laughs) They also meet little Jake, who's a, I don't know, what is he, like 10 years old? Maybe even less? I don't know. He's probably got one of those kidney diseases, like all those. He's 35, actually. He's got progeria? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) He's he's got the Benjamin. Oh, that's what it is. It's Benjamin Button's disease. (laughs) Uh, So they're they're learning more about the Candyman here and there. We also meet Helen's husband who is a college professor also teaching folklore. His name's Trevor. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor. from Bang. You know, he's, he's just a dick. You know, well, yeah. Number one, he's teaching a folklore unit on Urban Legends when he, his wife has already asked him not to because she's trying to interview kids, cold uh, students at the school, their personal interactions with Urban Legends, their opinions, things that they've heard kind of thing. And he's kind right. of poisoning the well. By, by exactly. teaching all about it, so they, you know, so he, he he's just an arrogant f, you know, and he's like, honey, I've got to follow the curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one making the freaking curriculum, you ding dong dell. Very sad. And of course, while she's there, some co-ed is giving him the eyes, where it's like obvious. It's obvious he's already having the affair with the co-ed from pretty much Jump Street. She's um, Helen sees this immediately and kind of busts his chops. He's like, what are you talking about? never do anything like that are you kidding me the fact that she's eyeing every every little chicky in the room tells me that she's she has a reason to oh absolutely he we've been down this road before Uh uh-huh uh and quite frankly we've been down this road before your husband's rolling in at at 12 one o'clock uh in the morning my a well, and it's it's like, honey, I got to go to a meeting. I'll be back in six or seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be back at uh, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe. Uh, he doesn't do a very good job of uh, of uh, covering his tracks. Anyway, uh, eventually Helen goes back to Cabrini Green. She meets Jake. Jake says he knows where the Candy Man is, but he doesn't want to tell her because if if I tell you, the Candy Man will get me. Right. And he tells her a story how some kid went to the bathroom. Like there was like this cinder block bathroom like you might find in the middle of a park. Or something yeah. Like that. Oh, my God. This was so disturbing. It was, it was very disturbing. Across from like the Dollar Tree or whatever that the mom was shopping at, the kid goes to the bathroom by himself. And you hear the screams, mama, mama. And eventually um, everyone comes running out of the store. Uh, some tough guy tries to go in and his hair turns white. This is, which is a reoccurring theme. It's like whoever is right there gets killed. Whoever's kind of tertiary, I don't even know if it's the word, uh, related to it, they survive, but their hair goes white and they go insane. Basically, that's Oof. what happened to old Ted. That's what happens to the guy who runs in to try to save it. Evidently, the little boy <laughs> was murdered in the bathroom. Castrated. Uh, castrated. Yes. Oh, horrible. So she, Helen's like, thanks for telling me this story. I'm going to go into the bathroom. She's taking pictures of all this stuff. And you keep seeing sweets to the sweet kind of painted everywhere. In the bathroom, of course, it's painted in SH. <laughs> exactly. And see, I was like, how, 
Okay, look, I get it. You want to go in there, take your pictures. I swear she spends half an hour in that bathroom. Yeah. Which she, is she's vile. going through every foul. I mean, because it serves which purpose? You just pop your head and snap a snap, jump back. That's what I'm saying. She's opening the stalls. Uh, she opens one of the two. She's the like CSI crime investigator, except it's nothing but broken toilets and piles of shit. <laughs> Basically. So she opens up the bowl and it's full of bees. Bees! Why Again. would you open the bowl? I would. Why would you open the bowl? It made, made no sense. Made no sense. I'm not inspecting the bowl. I'm not doing it. No kids. Is the candy man living the bowl? Is that where it was? Is that part of the legend? Uh, Anywhere while she's in there, some local toughs appear and it's the candy man. He goes, I'm the candy man. There's some guy wearing like a leather jacket who has like a hook. What is that? What are those hooks for? Like, uh, oh, uh, meat processing plants or. Is it a hay hook? It like, could be for hay. It could be like for like grace. Ice. I don't know. It's it's one of those ice, ice baby. It's one of those things. It's not he, for like hanging out with them. It, it's not absolutely not. And he kind of gives her the business, and he bops her in the head with it. Just hits her with it, and knocks her out. The little boy Jake runs in and calls the cops, and so she's saved. But her eye is all jacked up. Like oh, it's all it's all like Rocky Bell. It's like on Rocky. It's bad. It's, <laughs> I wanted to slit it open with a quarter. You're right. Remember that? That's the way. That's the way Mickey will do it in the Rocky movies. <laughs> Rock. Oh anyway. God. Uh, <laughs> sweet Lord. So okay. So she's back at the cops. She. They're like, yeah, he's just you know he's a drug dealer, gang leader, whatever he is, and he's he's killed people a long time. He probably killed Ruthie Jean. He probably killed the boy in the bathroom. But up to this point, no one was willing to testify. So thankfully, you're willing to testify. We're all good. Yeah, because she don't got to live there. That's why she ain't got to live there, basically. Um, Okay, so then, like, time passes, and she's walking to her car. And her and Bernadette are like, hey, this is going to be so great. We're going to, you know, our manuscript's going to be published. We'll be doing great. So she's getting into her, like, Corolla or whatever it is. And she hears the voice. You were looking for the candy man. Or something along those lines. And she turns around, and there's the can, the real Candyman, Tony Todd, wearing literally ankle-length uh, fur jacket with a hook on his right hand, which is still like blood. Just it's ooze. all like pussy and oozy, and his stump is way too big. <laughs> it's it's his biggest. It's guess. like a like a twenty-gallon painter bucket. It's so big. Right. I mean, basically, if you took away the hook, he looks like Superfly from 1972. I thought it looked good. It looked very like new romantic eighties kind of a thing. But the hook. His shoes are (laughs) polished. His shirt is like starched. Everything is all fancy, but then he's got like an oozing hook coming out of his it's yes. It's it's a you know, collection of uh, disparate styles there, let's say the least. (laughs) So he's talking to her. Be my victim. Be my victim. And now Tony Todd's voice is like James Earl Jones and Barry White. It is deep as as can be. So, and she kind of goes into like a fugue state, but I don't want to. I don't. And then she kind of passes out. But see, I'm going to make a complaint here. Please. Why doesn't he have like this look upon his face when he realizes she's the spitting image of uh, his lost love? 
you don't see any of that between them until the very end. Um, I think the thing about it is that he recognizes her, but this is kind of like the way they do it. This is like how he expresses his love, like in that kind of Hellraiser thing. There should have been something more obvious. As far as I know, that's what he says to everybody. We don't know. Right. Well, it could just be like a late rewrite in the third act where they're just like, whatever. Because I kept thinking, I kept thinking to myself, are you saying that all these other victims volunteered? I'm like, what's happening now? Right. And and frankly, this is when the movie takes a total left turn. Where it's just like, whoa, what happened? This is going to be a movie where, you know, the killer is after her, but it becomes, so she's knocked out and she wakes up in a pool of blood in Anne Marie's bathroom, and there's a meat cleaver on the floor next to her. And then she opens... a, a Rottweiler's head. Right. Anne Marie's Rottweiler's head has been lopped off. There's blood everywhere, and Anne Marie's baby is missing. I, I'm just going to tell you that little tiny meat cleaver does not take off a giant Rottweiler's head. You would have had to be in there with like a bread knife or something, man. That's, <laughs> yeah, that that was knife. a fat neck. You're going to be sawing on that biz for a while. That's not just like a quick, it's not a samurai sword. No, it's not. It's not a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, Anne-Marie sees her and immediately thinks that she's the one who's done it. And frankly, I, did she do it? I don't know. Does the, does the candy man use a... Use a cleaver here? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. And and quite frankly, didn't you think the baby was all chopped up? Well, because you just saw blood splattered everywhere. And there was blood in the little bassinet or whatever. His little crib. Um, But you don't see. So I think you're supposed to think that. Right. So Anne-Marie attacks Helen. Helen has to chop her with the cleaver to get her to leave her alone. Cops bust in. Now they're on time, evidently. Thanks, thanks for your help there. Yeah, they arrest her. Within two screams, they're kicking in the door. They arrest her, including the police officer who was patting her on the back earlier in the movie, saying, good job. Uh-huh. Not so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but and this was so bizarre. So they, they're like, we don't think that the baby was killed. We think the blood was from the Rottweiler. Right. That's what we think. So because of that... We're going to let you go, even though you're in this woman's apartment. You attacked her with the cleaver. Like, literally, there's a cleaver wound on the woman's arm. Right. Blood everywhere. And a baby is missing. It's called white privilege. That's that's what I was going to say. White privilege. A white man can go into Cabrini Green and start chopping people. Let off with a warning. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. And the cops (laughs) arrive in two minutes. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so now the whole thing is like, is she the murderer? What's going on? So over the course of this, Candyman keeps popping up, basically saying, if you give yourself to me and I'll give you your exquisite death, then I won't harm the baby. Okay. So, so what we're, what we're to assume this is his foreplay. I love you so much. I'm going to keep setting you up for various murders. Right. That's basically, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blackmail you into becoming my undead lover, I guess. Exactly. Or how about, hey, remember me? <laughs> right. It's not even like, in, in every other one I of these movies. I remember you. Exactly. Every other one of these movies, they, they like at least try to convince them that they knew each other. Right. 
across the oceans of time to find you. None of that. Nothing. And you also at this point might be wondering, when is somebody going to say Candyman five times? (laughs) Still waiting on that. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's like Beetlejuice. If you say it again, then he goes away. Then he goes away. So uh, Trevor picks her up. But that's great. So she's in in uh, jail, right? She's been arrested, and so she's like her one phone call. She calls Trevor at three, three in o'clock the in the morning. Three in the morning. Not home. Uh-huh. Not home. Not home. So my question is: Did he know she was going to be arrested for murder? And that's when he's like, "Hey, I'm going out." <laughs> or was he just like, "I'm going out anyway"? Thank goodness you were arrested for murder. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, uh, they did try to make it sound like like maybe he somehow set in her up. I was getting this idea, a feeling like they were trying to pin some other guilt on him besides just this uh, trashy philandering. Basically, that's all it is. He's he's a trashy philanderer who doesn't work very hard to hide his tracks. Yeah, he's basically. just he's stupid. Right. Well, or he just doesn't care enough to yeah. make the effort. Basically. There you go. Uh, so she, <laughs> Trevor brings her home. Okay, picks her up again. I, no bail or anything. You're you're free on your own recognizance. So they go home. She's like again drenched in blood. She's washing herself off. Blah blah blah. He's like, I hate to leave you, but I got some meetings to attend to. Yeah, I'll, wink, be, wink. I'll be back in twenty minutes, never to be seen from again. Right. My understanding is you're and she does it. Murder. She doesn't even try to. It, it, she doesn't even care. No, she's not like, hun. Really? You can't, yeah. you can't postpone the meeting. You can't I'm postpone the meeting. Murder. Hey, my husband said he'd be back in twenty minutes. It's now like the next day. No, nobody cares. Nobody notices. Right. So she's just around her apartment. Still, I guess, still researching the thesis that she was going to be working on. She's watching old videos of Cabrini Green. Uh, she goes to the medicine cabinet, and then the Candyman's claw comes through the hook, comes through, and tries to get her. Yeah, that was good. And that was a good scare. Yeah. Um, and evidently, she didn't even know it was coming. Oh, so really? her reaction is real. Yes. <laughs> so good times. And Candyman's there. And it's, again, it's that same thing of like, "Give yourself to me. Let me kill you," or whatever he says. Right. And I'll let I'll let I'll let uh, the, the child survive. And he takes the hook and kind of pokes her in the neck with it. And I'm like, now he could just kill her. There's multiple times he could have just killed her. So I don't know if he ha- she has to like submit to the to the murder. Because why? Because then what? And like I, like I said, know. nobody else had to submit. No. Do you think that little kid that got castrated was like, all right, go ahead. He went, he went to the bathroom and said Candyman five times, baby. <laughs> there you oh, go. He's doing his business. Oh lord. So and then here comes Bernadette, old Bernie knocking on the door with like flowers. Who again doesn't seem all that concerned that her friend is accused of murder? Didn't seem that way. She's like, "Honey, let me in. I'm here. Hope you're doing well." So the candy man, of course, lets her in. While Helen is like in kind of a fugue state. No, run away, run, run away, away, train running down the tracks. Yeah. So Bernadette. So that only made her friend want to run in there more. So right. then that's the end of, of Bernadette. Bernadette, and this is in this movie, which is kind of the most disturbing thing. When he murders people, you hear the person screaming, and you also hear him grunting. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It's it's pretty rough. You're just like, uh, do I need do I need this as well? The murder isn't enough. I gotta hear the grunting. Okay, anyway. Uh, uh, uh. 
So, of course, she's laying there with blood, with uh, like a steak knife in her hand. Finally, Trevor arrives to to find Bernie's corpse there, and they arrest uh, Helen once more. So now they've got her on murder, I guess, because now there's actually a body there. Right. So we can't, can't you know, sweep this under the rug. Did you notice her face was, like, all blue and everything? What was that all about? I don't know. Did you notice it? Did you notice it? I did not notice her blue face. Oh, my God. Very upset. Not to be confused with the rapper Blueface. No, not at all. (laughs) The Blue Man Group. Not the Blue Man Group. And so she's like, people think she's just basically a psychopath. So she's there wheeling her into like a mental hospital, tying her to a a gurney while the Candyman floats above her bed. That looked kind of cool, though, with him coming down right on top of her talking to her and then drifting yep. behind the, the gurney. That, that was yep. kind of cool. Murderer! He's under the bed! He's under the bed! Um, eventually, uh, the, the doctor, who I guess is working for her defense, uh, meets with her to talk to her about it, and she's like, no, the candy man do it. And then she says, I can prove it to you. I can call him. Which seems like a bad idea. Of course it's a bad idea. You had just been strapped to a gurney getting shot with like Thorazine because you were so crazy for a month. Yep. You don't even know a month passed by. But by all means, let's call forth the Candyman. So she says Candyman, Candyman, Candyman five times. And seems like nothing's happening. And then the doctor goes, ah, ah. And the Candyman appears behind the doctor killing him. Doctor didn't say Candyman. Exactly. Why is he getting killed? Don't kill him. That's he's innocent bystanders. So he's murdered. Candyman again says, be my victim. Uh, but not before he like cuts her bonds. The thing that were uh, like tying her to the chair. Snip, snip with his claw, with his hook. So she jumps out the window, climbs in another room, does some kind of Tai Chi, some kind of Taekwondo at the poor <laughs> nurse who opens the window, knocks her out. Yeah. A prolonged scene of her stealing the clothes from the nurse. Yeah. I think they could have just smash cut to her in the next room wearing the uniform. I would have gotten the idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so she escapes. She knows where the where the uh, kid is, is located, back at Cabrini Green. She goes there. She climbs up there. Um, Candyman picks her up in his, like, little play. His, is Belfry? I don't know what it is. Picks her up. <laughs> it's the farm her. on top of the uh, of the uh, project. Pretty much, takes her to like a table, and it's like laying over. Give yourself to me. Yeah. So I'm trying to victim. figure this out. Is the Candyman have a mortal body, or is he a spirit? This is a good question. Because he's like taking a nap on a table at one point. Yes. And, but then appearing and disappearing. And he clearly has time to sit around and do mural work. It's it, Right. It, it's hard to know what the story is, truly. So he brings her over to the table. And he opens up his, his duster to reveal like his rib cage and just bees everywhere. Yeah, that was not hot. And he opens hot. up his mouth. And bees come out of his mouth. Now she's got bees all over. Oh. He leans over and like kisses her with a bee mouth. Oh, how much did they have to pay Virginia Matson for that? Those were all real bees. Oh, yeah. Even the bees in his mouth were real bees. Uh, so he does that good stuff. 
Uh, she, I'm trying to remember. So she wakes up. Yeah, she no, she's gone. covered with bees, and you figured, bees all over. Them. You figured so at that point, didn't you assume that she had uh, submitted to him? Right. What else does she have to do? She can say, what else she have to do? if no, but I'm going to have a bee make out. I'm covered with bees. <laughs> and then I wake up. I assume that was it. Deal was done. I'm like, is she right it, now? She's not dead. What, what's happening? No, you're absolutely right. It's like she's laying on the table as he's giving her the bee kiss. And evidently that's not that's not enough. She wakes up and she realizes little Anthony, the baby, is buried under this giant bonfire. Evidently there's like a cavern in the bonfire. Uh, yeah. And my first question she is... She climbs to this top. This thing is like five stories tall, giant it's bonfire. Huge. And right she manages to burrow a hole down to back all the way down to the bottom because she yes. hears the baby and she knows right how to get there. Now, earlier in the movie, they kind of say, oh, they're building that for the bonfire, for the celebration. Do you know what the celebration is? Black celebration. Something to do with Depeche Mode? No. Is it Juneteenth? Originally, it's Juneteenth. Originally, with the story taking place in Liverpool, it was to celebrate Guy Fawkes. Oh, Fox Guy Fawkes. So what there is no they there don't is no celebrate Guy Fox in Chicago, as far as I understand. Not on the South Side anyway. <laughs> uh, regardless, there's no explanation given as to what this celebration is for. Why they're having huge maybe this is just spring cleaning. I don't know what the story is. But in any case, she burrows down, she runs up there. People are looking out the window and they see her start running in there. She climbs to the bottom. She finds little Anthony, picks him up, and there's the candy man again. Now he's trying to get her. Uh, people are, th are throwing gasoline on the bonfire. Is he trying to get her or get with her? Well, basically, the kids are throwing gasoline because that little kid saw her with a hook crawling in. And he's like, the candy man is in the bonfire. So he rallies everyone from the project right. to come out. They're like, we're going to burn this fucker down. Burn this mother down. <laughs> so... So, yeah, so now the bonfire's catching fire. She's deep inside. She's fighting off the candy man, and she takes, like, a flaming piece of, like, wood and stabs him in the heart like he's a vampire. So, evidently, he is physical at this stage of the game. He's a magical being. But he's a liar, because why is the baby in the bonfire? He didn't save the baby. He couldn't the give a F. Clearly not. So, she's grabbing the baby. That reason right there is enough to break up with him. I agree. That's it. Ike Turner didn't even do that. Uh, so she's crawling out as the flames are starting to rain down on her. And she's shielding the baby. The candy man is trying to get at her. Can't get at her. He goes up in flames. She is now burning. Baby's okay. She crawls out. People take oh, the baby from her, her hands. Her hair's on fire. Her bag. She, she looks like Freddie effing. She's all messed up. She's all Kruger. So they, when she crawls out, they do put her out and they, um, they got the baby. The baby's fine, but she drops yeah. dead. She's horribly burned. She drops dead. Smash cut to it's the funeral. Okay. She's in the, she's in the coffin, all burnt up. They didn't throw a wig on her or anything. Bald, burnt yeah. head. 
Bert, I'm like, you might want to get a refund from that mortician. Usually they put a little no, more effort. No. Her husband, her husband used a Groupon for that biz. <laughs> or at least go closed casket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it's oh, that no. It was big bad. Deal, it was like all kinds of weird wax and stuff. It was like, the, yes. it was like a bad job. The only people who were at her funeral, because I guess everyone else, she either had no other friends, Bernie's dead, are her soon-to-be ex-husband, who she dropped in on earlier in the movie when she escaped from the mental yep. institution. She popped in. The Stacy, the co-ed, has moved in, and they're painting the Pink. walls. Pink. Like a strip club. So, yeah, he, he moved the new uh, Susie in. Lickety Within split. a month. Anyway. She's been in the mental hospital for a month. So he's already yeah. figured she ain't coming back. She ain't coming back. So it's it's Trevor, it's Stacy, it's the the douchey uh, professor that she met at a she, dinner she party. She literally with the long has hair. no family and no friends. And and her defense attorney. Those are the four people who attend, and not including the priest, of course. So they bury, but all the people from Cabrini Green like pull up like a parade because evidently even though they thought she was a ruthless murderer a, a month ago now they realize no no that it was the candy man and she has vanquished the candy first, man first so of all she's... this made no yes. goddamn sense because what did it look like was baby who stole the baby was in the bonfire with the baby and at the last minute crawled out. That's what it looks like. Right. Not that she saved the baby. It's this crazy old witch. That's what it should have looked like. So I, I'm like, why right. are these people coming? What? Because no one else so, saw Jake, the Candyman in there. No one. No, no one. Well, but after the fire is over, they find his hook at the bottom yeah. of the ashes. So they, they take the hook and they toss it into the grave with Helen, which is that a tribute? I don't know. Is that something? Is there any other tribute? <laughs> exactly. We're at it? Th th I was like, what? I mean, if, what is happening? So they bury, they bury her up. Cuts to Trevor is now living with Stacy and is already having yeah. second Crocodile thoughts. tears. Already. Oh, Helen. I miss my Helen. Meanwhile, meanwhile crazy uh, 20 year old girlfriend is hacking hunks of meat and throwing it around the kitchen. I was like throwing it at the wall. What the hell was she doing? Well, he's, hi he's hiding in the I bathroom. the bathroom too. Hiding, hiding in the bathroom from Stacy, who he's now annoyed with for some reason. Uh, I'll, I'll come out in a minute. Make whatever you want. Leave, Leave me, alone. me alone. And there's like a little. So then, and then there's like a montage, like he's remembering all the good times. Like one time when Helen made him dinner and gave him That's a hug. right. Basically, in the course of the movie, he's like, oh, Helen. Helen, come Helen, back Helen. to me, Helen. Yeah, Stacy so, doesn't hug me like that. <laughs> so ridiculous. So he's, he's fickle, I think is, is a nice way to say he's it. An he's an fickle. So he's looking at his reflection in the mirror going, Helen, Helen, Helen. And of course, says her, her name five times. And then there's Helen behind him, all burnt up, holding the hook and kills him. <laughs> so I guess, is that the new urban legend of Helen? Yeah. And, and what is Don't it? ever go to a bathroom and say Helen five times. 
That's the moral. Yeah, of the story, and then it shoots back to the 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 barn on top of Cabrini Green, and now there's like an avenging angel portrait of Helen there, painted by who? We don't right. know. Why is she an angel? We don't know. No, I mean infidelity, while not uh, you know looked on favorably, not a not capital, a capital offense. offense. He did not I set know. her up. He was just a dick. Right. He was just a dick. It happens. Uh, any other bizarro observations before we move on with our lives? Yeah, I mean, there were just so many threads that didn't actually go anywhere. I mean, he was making references. The Candyman was making references that Helen has to take over the role because he, she took away his, um, what do I want to say? Uh, you're like your church. What do you call that? The, the, basically, his congregation. The, the, yes, the, yes. That she took away his congregation by setting up uh, and having that uh, other Candyman, the Candyman drug dealer, get arrested. Right. And by telling people Candyman doesn't exist, that took away the congregation. I'm like, okay. Right. Basically, okay, so then go somewhere they, with that story, but it doesn't. <laughs> now they're they're all over the map here. They are literally. It's like all there's over three the partial stories. So there's the okay. So Candyman gets his power by by having people believe in him. I mean, we, of course, we've done that story yes. a thousand times, but whatever. Of course. Then there's the story that. Candyman's back to retrieve a lost love, but that doesn't go anywhere. Right. And so now we're left with what? A blunder. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it is a combination of bizarro things just kind of smushed together. And I think Tony Todd. I read somewhere Tony Todd was actually uh, responsible for coming up with a lot of the backstory. Like that was kind of his contribution. Uh, to to the tale, I guess. But it's a lot of things, like you said, a lot of seeds that exactly don't grow. because we don't even need a backstory because it really adds nothing to the story. Because then, wouldn't yeah. you be out after like maybe the families of the people who murdered you? What? Revenge. Why are you torturing the the poor people in the project? Other black people, they didn't do anything to you. What's that about? Well, that's where he was. That's where he was murdered. He was murdered in the courtyard in front of Cabrini Green 150 years ago or whatever it was. That's why he haunts that okay. area is what they but say. I still don't understand why you make victims out of people that are already victims. I agree. Well, it's interesting. This is kind of behind the scenes, right. if you will. Um, when they were creating the story, uh, Bernard Rose, who actually, um, who directed it, he went, he literally went to the NAACP and talked to them about, you know, any potential concerns they would have. And they didn't, they said, it's totally cool. Why can't there be a black Freddy Krueger? Why can't there be a black Jason Voorhees or whatever? Why not? I mean, that's, that. In, in a way, that is kind of um, a way to to show like diversity. You know what I mean? It's like we don't we don't just have to be kind of the the street thugs right. or whatever. You know what I mean? We can be the hero, but we can also be the big villain. So there you go. Good times. They were all on board. 
What's interesting, though, is after the movie came out, people had concerns, as you might imagine. At one point, Clive Barker said people used to come to him and say, how dare you co-opt this African-American urban legend for, for telling us a, a scary story? And he actually had to tell them, I made yeah. this up. It, it, I Candyman did not exist until I made Exactly. Oh, that's it, dude. This is mine. So, good times had by all. Uh, one thing that was popping up to me, and I was kind of curious about it. Okay, so Helen wakes up in the bathroom, dipped in blood, right. right? And you can already hear Anne-Marie screaming, where's my baby? Yes. Where's my baby? What I kept thinking to myself is, what is the timeline here? Did Anne-Marie come home from work with oh, yeah, the baby? That bothered me, too. So was the Rottweiler babysitting the baby? Where was That's she? That's the question. Ha- yes. Which, I mean, That's I suppose question. she could have been asleep in the other room. But you, you, yeah, she must be a deep gonna, sleeper. If I'm murdering the Rottweiler exactly. right next door, these are not big yes. apartments. So that's that's obviously a question that we may never know the answer to. Um, uh, the bees in this movie were all real bees, and they were bred specifically to, to for sit this in your movie. mouth. <laughs> well, they they there's a a certain period when the bees are in their bees life cycle where they look like mature bees, but they're still young enough that they won't really sting you. And it's a, it's hard, it's a hard uh, thing to quantify because despite that, Tony Todd was stung 23 ah. times. Now, 23 times over the course of the uh, franchise, oh. basically. So it's, but what's interesting is he had a, uh, a writer in his contract that said they would pay him a thousand dollars for every oh, right on. He actually had the bees in his mouth. He had a dental dam in the back of his throat so that the bees wouldn't crawl down his throat. But other than that... I don't want the bees down my throat. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, uh, Virginia Madsen, allergic to bees. Oh, Jesus. And they they, they basically told her, hey, no sudden movements. Lay down. You're good to go. And when they were done, they took out a special bee vacuum and just sucked oh them all up. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Easy peasy. Um, they made two sequels to this movie, Candyman 2, uh, Farewell to the Flesh, and Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. I, all starring I Tony Todd. I know I saw the Farewell to the Flesh, but I'm not sure if I saw the third one. And they're remaking Candyman. Is Tony Todd in it? It's coming up. It, he must be. How could you do it without him? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm going to do some research, but did you know, did you know you he was have... in Platoon? Did I know he was in Platoon? I don't know if I did know that. I remember him. He was in the remake of yeah. Night of the Living Dead. He played uh, the, the Ben part. Uh, and he was in uh, The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Tony Todd is great. Oh, oh uh, Final Destination. He was in the and Final the Destination movies. And Wishmaster. Oh, yeah. my goodness you, gracious. He started off in Platoon and then went completely sideways into all horror. I mean, our game, uh, right? Basically, and he's in a TV series. He's in, like, Riverdale. He's been in... Um, I'm, scroll- I'm scrolling through these. Uh, I guess. X- he Riverdale. was in Riverdale 
and he was in uh, Scream. There was a series. Uh-huh. And be cool, Scooby Doo. Let me. I'm gonna look oh this up. Oh my god! Is he, he was gonna in be Young and the Restless for 14 episodes? Oh, was yeah. he? Yeah, I'm saying he's done uh, everything. Boston Legal, and as with all horror film, he was in multiple versions of Star Trek. Oh, oh he perfect. was in Zeta Warrior Princess too. He's the hardest I'm working you. In the show Hercules Legendary Journeys too. Tony Todd is set to reprise the role in the upcoming Candyman, which would be a direct sequel to the original 1992 movie. He was in Be- so an episode go. of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> I love Tony Todd. I love him. What can I tell you? He is dynamite. Uh, this is actually Tony Todd's favorite role and his favorite movie. Well, because he's own. starring in it. Everything else, he, he's, he's like he, uh, constr- fifth, fifth lead, lead or, or like yeah. it's not really a person's name, it's more of a description. Yeah. So, yeah, right on. <laughs> Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd had to take dance classes together to kind of show more of the romantic side, uh, which I guess was supposed to be a bigger part of this movie. But then the the censors got concerned, not the censors, like the studio, but because it was interracial, interracial because the interracial. So you see one implied kiss because it's like behind his back as he leans forward kind of thing. Not not enough uh, uh, booty is what as far as I'm concerned. If you're gonna have a romance, then have a romance. If you're not, then just cut it because there's a lot of like like you said, uh, basically things that were introduced but never really followed up on. Uh, another actor who is uh, considered for the title role, Eddie Murphy. Oh my god. He was considered too short, though, at 5'9". So uh, how tall is Tony, Tony Todd? Todd 6'5". Oh, yeah. Well, at He's one good. point, there's this very awkward scene where instead of putting Virginia Matson on a block, he literally has his legs splayed apart. And he's picking her up, and you see him rising up. It was super yep. awkward, but yeah. That's not easy to do pick somebody up yeah. off the ground so you know he, he was literally had his legs splayed and he's reaching down to pick her up but yeah i don't and he has a hook he has a hook for one hand it's not it's even, it's more, even difficult. more difficult with a hook let that be a life lesson so virginia madsen said that they used hypnosis on her during the filming of this movie all the scenes where she appears to go into like a trance with the candy man talking to her she was hypnotized. Allegedly, she was hypnotized until she finally said, I don't feel comfortable. Of course. With this why, first of all, why would you be hip, have to be hypnotized? This sounds like a group grope or something. You're telling me. You're an actor. Act. Act. Yes. Hypnotized. You know, yeah. it's, there's an old story, which I'm sure I've told a thousand times. In The Marathon Man, Dustin Hoffman, who's a method actor, he remember he's on he's on the I, run. I the know Nazis Marathon are chasing him. Man, so go ahead. He he kept himself up for three days in preparation uh, to really give that realistic performance. Sir Lawrence Olivier walks in, who's not a method actor, and just said, "Hey, why not try <laughs> acting? It's so much easier." <laughs> exactly. Thank so, you. Exactly. 
Any last thoughts before we move on? I'll tell lives? you, I, I always like Candyman. That was back in my old blockbuster days where it'd be Friday night, so I'd read like three crazy movies. So no, I like the I like the Candyman series. I mean, you know, you have a couple of drinks, you are the Candyman. You can't get too analytic because, as I pointed out, it makes right. no goddamn sense. But yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right. The mood was, yeah. was great. Um, it was obviously very yeah. well done, very, very well, well acted. acted. I mean, the everything about it was great as long as you don't di- dig deep. You into just the gotta story. suspend disbelief and just go you for do. the ride. Go for the ride. It, if you get if you start digging through the minutia, you're gonna be like, "Hey, there ain't much yeah. here. This makes no sense." But if, if you just let it wash over you, you could do a lot worse than the old. Yeah, candy I man. can't even remember what happens in uh, Farewell to Flesh. Did you see that? I ain't watching Farewell to Flesh. Oh my god! I used to watch all of these, and then I started watching like the just the direct, the full moon video direct to video. Ones. Oh no! Subspecies, Subspecies <laughs> all the doll man, puppet master, puppet master, demonic toys. If it was, I yeah, was on the full the moon stuff. mailing list. You know, any movie filmed in the fo- former Yugoslav, <laughs> so they don't have to pay you. You better believe, you know. So this is like Shakespeare, too, <laughs> if that's what you're used to Exactly. There you go. Good time. Question. So, thank Question. you. <laughs> yes. Yes, Who is yes. directing the new Candyman? Um, I think, I thought it was like Jordan Peele. <gasps> Maybe I'm mistaken. Let oh, me that might be good. Yeah, uh, excuse me. Uh, written by Nia DaCosta, written by Jordan oh, Peele. Okay. So I like it. Maybe he can bring some sense to this. Although his last movie was a little uh, not so sense. I have to have a guide to figure out what what the the the, the bunny rabbits and shit are supposed to mean. I, I, yes, I, I don't want that. I, I agree. But no, I, yes, I, I Get Out was great. Us was kind of like Candyman in the sense if you start digging too deep. I love. You really are like, I liked what? us. What does that it mean? It was super creepy, but I was, but a lot of it, you're like, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of that going on there. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at t podcast tw die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Aaron, any emails for us? Anything you want to share? Anything? Fan mail? Let, let me see. Anything? No fan mail. Uh, a couple things from Google saying thank you for having an account with us. Every now and then, Google thanks us. Um, That's important. I'm getting tired of being locked in my house all day. So maybe you should email some people from that account, but, I guess. Just get, get the ball, ball rolling. Just email strangers. I'll, I'll like... Like, I'll email myself, but I'll put, like, a number after it and see if that belongs to anyone. See if anybody responds. Why not? See what happens. <laughs> Say Candyman last uh, We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. Like, share, subscribe, and rate. Evidently, that's how you get the big Apparently. bucks. We're just waiting for the money to roll in. Good times. <laughs> So, thank you very much, and be well. Later, skaters.